When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. Get right up close. Yeah, yeah, get yeah, snuggle right in there. All right. Snuggle up. I'm pretty comfy. Snuggle up for the green room. Yeah. All right, welcome to the podcast, The Green Room. It's Chris and Jasper from the band In My Coma. Now, we met like a long time ago. Yeah, like yeah. 5 6 years ago at some garage in Hamilton, Ontario, and yeah. it's not as sketchy as it sounds. But you guys came with your acoustics and did like a live-to-air just jam session in someone's garage or something back then. Yeah, I mean, it's vaguely uh, familiar to me right now, but it was so long ago, I can't even remember if it was in my coma that was playing or if it was another uh, band that I was in or something. I can't remember. I'm, I'm sure it was in my coma okay. because I remember following you guys on Twitter afterwards. Uh, yeah. And then when I looked up, I said, oh, yeah, well, Jasper's coming over from in my coma. I'm like, I better follow them on Twitter. I'm like, oh, already following them. Yeah. And it's from way back then. So From way back. Yeah. I don't even know if we had an album. I don't know what was going on. But I yeah. think you guys were just promoting like a single or a music yeah. video. It yeah. just come out or something. something. Yeah. The early years. The early years. I love that you don't remember any of this. That means. <laughs> <laughs> You've been living it right. Yeah, okay, yeah, exactly, exactly, right? I'll say I remember you. Oh, thanks, There man. you go. I yeah. was a lot heavier back then, too. Yeah. I was like at least like maybe 100 pounds heavier. I know. I walked in today. I'm like, big Chris? More like Chris. Yeah, yeah. medium <laughs> medium Chris doesn't have the same ring. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm still just yeah. going with it. Yeah. yeah. So what has happened between the span of now and then? Like, obviously, you guys are starting to get cooking. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, a lot's happened. You, you got to kind of trail your own path, right? And... So it took a while to get uh, a first album done, but we we did that and we pushed it ourselves. Uh, we had a little bit of success. Uh, well, I mean, it was pretty good considering we were doing everything ourselves. Got some radio play uh, out west, and we toured Canada in you know 2013 or 2014. I can't remember what it was. Lots of long, long, long roads touring Canada. Um, the prairies, man. <laughs> the know, fucking right? prairies. <laughs> yeah, eh? right. Um, and, you know, we pushed it ourselves. We gained a little bit of recognition here and there, built up our fan base and and stuff like that, and it really started to work it. And then eventually we just decided to stop playing shows every other weekend or whatever it was, whatever it came our way, and really focus our time on finding bigger and better opportunities and being a little bit more selective of what we did. And as a result, you know, we pushed and pushed and pushed, and we were unreal just relentlessly persistent but pleasantly at the same time you know you got to strike that fine balance in there somewhere and ended up opening for some 41 you know we bugged the shit out of moist manager to the point where i don't think he wanted to talk to us anymore <laughs> and we got on to a few uh, moist shows and then he became our manager funny enough uh and then uh you know uss and the edge selected us recently to open for them at the cne which was just massive awesome yeah and now we've got all these people in our corner willing to help us out. And I think it's just down to hard work. You know, once you, you really put in the time and energy uh, 
you have to have a product as well, but you yeah. know, people are willing uh, to step up and, you know, once they take notice. And I think that once people start to see how much hard work you're willing to put into it, like the manager, for example, Moist Manager, who now yeah. is your manager, he saw how hard you guys wanted to work for it, just for an opening slot even. Yeah. And he's like, okay, maybe I, you know, if you're willing to put in the work, I might be willing to put in the work exactly, too. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so and, yeah, And we're not people. assholes at the same time, you know? Yeah. Oh God, you know, I think now, in 2017 there is less room for assholes than ever for sure uh because word gets out social media and all the other things yeah um and because the business is shrinking too the record business the radio business it's all shrinking and hopefully those who are left standing uh are not assholes exactly and i know it i mean it sounds old school you know but uh like what the hell is the point in playing music if you can't have fun while you're doing it and you know, when we went to start recording this album, we kind of all huddled together and we we're like, you know, if we're going to go into this, we're going to go into this 100 percent. We're going to, you know, put as much effort into this as possible. But at the same time, it has to be fun mm-hmm. because before this album, we let ourselves get down too much when, you know, people said no or opportunities fell through. And that's always going to happen. It's going to happen in any business, whether you get, you know, a nine to five day job, things are going to fall through for you. Uh, as well as, you know, successes are going to come your way. Yeah, even Starbucks baristas have shitty days. Exactly, right? And so we we just decided, you know, let's go into this. Let's have a great time. Let's see what happens. And then now you've arrived. Now the name of, is the record out? The record is out. It's been out for a few weeks. The the timing of the release show is a little bit uh, misleading because, you know, the record came out almost a month ago. Right. But... We wanted to drum up some publicity for it and stuff like that. And we've got, you know, people uh, in our corner that know a lot more about that stuff than we do. Of course. Yeah. It's uh, good to have people. I know. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's been out for a month. We released a, a video for a song called Beautiful Mind. And our first single is a song called Take a Ride, which is, I guess, how you and I got reintroduced. Right. Yeah. That was the song? That was a song. Okay. Yeah. Take yeah. a ride. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what are you going to perform? You're going to do a song a little later here uh, yeah, yeah. in the green room. But... Um, we, I'll perform uh, something. I don't know. Something off the new record. Depends. If you're going to play the, the single, then I'll play another song off the album so we don't bore people to well, death. Well, we'll put the single up on the blog portion. Cool. Uh, the website so people can check it out or stream it yeah because uh, everybody streams these days they do they it's all do. about streaming yeah yeah um, but also if you enjoy it i'll encourage you to purchase it uh what an antiquated notion uh but i always crazy thought man i you know, i man i just started buying music on itunes like yeah. three years ago i know like right? i was like yeah i better get legit you know with all this and now everybody's like no buying music on itunes is out it's all about streaming now i know and then my itunes somehow transferred into apple music and i'm not quite sure when or how it happened i must have hit a button or something and all of a sudden these songs are just on my phone i felt like some 90 year old man yelling yeah. at kids on his lawn like what the hell is going on why is yeah. this the song is on my phone i didn't pay for it what is going on it's downloaded to my phone i don't understand any yeah. of this that yeah. was that was the last gasp of itunes i know right you two ruined it yeah and everyone's like uh, spotify for me now yeah. You know, put fucking songs on my what phone. What is this? What yeah. is this U2 song Volcano doing on yeah. my phone? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so making a music video is a pretty long and arduous experience. Did you guys, I ask every band, uh, whether on mic or off mic, have you guys found a way to streamline the process yet? No, man. And I mean, our most recent video was kind of a happy accident the way that it came about. Um, 
I love editing video and stuff like that. And so I was experimenting with a lot of stuff. Oh. That sounds a little strange. Musically, with music videos, nothing else experimental. Right, okay, right? that's yeah. fine. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so I bought a green screen, and I just had Laura uh, play a song in front of the green screen. And I cut out the background and eventually put this, you know, kind of nifty effect on her and thought, hey, I can make something of this. Had the rest of the band do it. I did it. And then I just put in this strange white background and had the band moving from left to right over and over again, different sizes throughout uh, while the song's uh, playing. Everybody's sort of performing the song. And then thought, beautiful mind, what, what's this song about? It's about, you know, being crazy and not knowing yeah. what the hell is going on. And so all of a sudden I was like, you know what, I got to get some bugs. And I got bugs crawling across the screen midway through just to, you know, play with people's heads a little bit. And then got all these other strange characters, like a, a gnome is in the video. There's like a flying robot dog. And then you, you know, were you this, were on mushrooms when I, you made this. I must have been. I must have been. Something was growing in my backyard, that's for sure. And then we stole the, well, we didn't steal. He put it out there for everybody to use. But John Oliver put this like dancing zebra out. And he said, zebras make everything better or something like that. Hey, what the and hell? So we took the zebra. Throw and that in the, too. And there's one scene where... It's 20 minute video of a zebra in front of a green screen where it starts playing air guitar. And I was like, there you go. That's what I'm going to use. And we put this video together and man, it looks pretty legit. Like it looks like we spent money on it and we'll tell people we spent money on it uh, hey. until they listen to this podcast. Except, yeah, yeah. except it was Jasper just sitting at <laughs> yeah, home I know, right? with yeah. a bag of psychedelics yeah, and just being like, I'm going to make a music video. It's all up to me now. Yeah. Asking my dog what he thinks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was the assistant director on he it. He was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had, uh, you know, the videographer was uh, my other dog. Right, yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. the last time I think a zebra was used in a music video, it must have been Honeymoon Suite. It or must like, have been. like way back. Or that... Uh, I don't know if the Philosopher Kings had that in their like doing it video with all the ladybugs. I think they might have boinking and stuff, right? That's right. Yeah, you can say fucking. Oh, I can. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah but I like the word boinking. Boinking? No, man. Don't you bringing that back? <laughs> I mean, there are some phrases that should be brought back. Yeah. I don't know whether boinking should. Yeah, you you might be right. You Even my right. mom blushes. Saying, I know, right? I think they were boinking. Like, mom, it's you can say boinking out loud. Mike's gonna kill me. He's gonna. I'm gonna show up. He's gonna be like, dude, just say fuck next time. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh so okay so in the band there's there's some romance in the band yes yeah mike and i no <laughs> no no yeah no. uh yeah laura and i are married uh we've been together for quite a while now um but we weren't uh together when the band started so it's kind of like band cest i guess they call it really yeah. like move over lannisters yeah exactly in my comas on yeah the scene. yeah yeah right so like you guys weren't even a couple nothing Nope, nope. She was just an assistant engineer when back when my brother and I were trying to bang out some tunes and we didn't have any other members in the band. This was when we didn't we knew nothing about the industry. We just went in with yeah. a guitar and drums, thought we were pretty good. Yeah, play some it's songs. about the music, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> and uh, so she joined up, started playing with us back then before In My Coma was even a thing. And then um, by the time In My Coma started, we were together, I should say. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. Uh, what kind of dynamic is that like, especially when you guys are you're talking about long hours out on the road, the prairies, man? Well, like, Mike's Mike's just always the little spoon, right? So, um, <laughs> aka no. ringmaster, exactly, yeah. Jerry Springer, yeah. referee. We're I mean we're we're pretty much a family as it is, right. you know, and uh, we always get along. Mike and I have this serious bromance going on, you know, most of the time anyway. So. When we're playing shows and nobody even ends ever really knows that Laura and I are together because I'm always, you know, uh, you know, hugging Mike in the corner or something or, right, right. you know, high fiving each other. And 
and things like that. So, you know, the dynamic, it's, we don't notice it anymore. Right. Uh, and it just seems uh, normal. It's just day to day, you know. Hmm. You've never had any fans, like, for example, uh, I was at a White Stripe show. Yeah. And uh, my girlfriend at the time had this big thing for Jack White. And I always thought the Meg White was pretty hot. And yeah. we sort of had this deal like, hey, if they ever, you know, were interested, w- would we? And, and we came up with the, the answer, yes, we would. Have Have you ever had fans say to you and her, like, hey, what do you think? All right, yeah, we're going to get into this. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like I'm on, yeah. I'm on to something here. Yeah. Okay. So one of the strangest things that ever happened uh, to me was we were playing in, it was either Kelowna or Kamloops, somewhere out there. It was just really great show, you know, packed. It's got to be BC, man. It's pretty yeah, liberal. Right, pretty liberal. For sure. And um, afterwards, these uh, two ladies came up to me. Two ladies? Yeah. And they were like, um, just so you know, uh, the two of us are together and we were hoping that, you know, maybe you'd be interested in coming back to our hotel with us. Side note, even if I wanted to, my wife's in the band, right? It's not like I can do anything. Yeah. Um, and so I said, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm actually taken. I didn't specify or anything like that. And their moods changed so fucking drastically. They turned into, I don't know, just insanely angry people. And they started threatening to to beat the shit out of me. And they said, good, we're glad you're with somebody else. Because if you'd said yes to our proposition, we would have beaten the shit out of you. And I was just perplexed. I had no idea what to say, what to do. I, I think I probably giggled and said, thanks a lot. Right? Yeah, yeah, in like some high voice yeah, yeah, right. okay guys and ran away to like check zits in the bathroom or something back I don't to know. the clubhouse <laughs> exactly right so that was uh pretty strange when it comes to laura um her situations are always people just assuming she's a girlfriend of somebody in the band and not a musician in the band or and things uh, like that which that's kind of actually kind of shitty for yeah her. that's pretty shitty right yeah. so that sort of thing pisses her off it doesn't happen too much anymore because uh, you know social media maybe people know who we are a little bit more when we're playing mm-hmm. the shows so they know that laura's in the band uh, already but she used to get uh, even compliments would be things like oh you play like a dude and her response would be like no i play like a bassist shut the what hell up the leave fuck? me alone right uh, so, I mean, her experiences aren't quite as humorous as the one that no, I went no, through. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we, we get it every once in a while, but nothing quite as romantic as the one that you and your, uh, girlfriend at the time had. Yeah. 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 Well, we never, we never actually got to complete that mission. Oh, that's too but, bad. You know, uh, a menage with Jack and Meg. I mean, phew, at the time it seemed like a good idea. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of a white stripes pun right now, but it's yeah, not happening. I can't think it's of not coming to me. The hardest button to button. Yeah, there you go. Know, None of those buttons came undone. Right. Yeah. That's yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Uh, something I'm going to get you to do Jasper. There's a little, uh, stack of records behind you. All right. Uh, over your shoulder there. And I'm just wondering if you want to go through the records and pick one that you like and tell me why. There's some more over by the turntable if you like, but let's just grab a bunch. Yeah, grab a stack. All right. Okay, he's going to go through a huge stack. Yeah, of these there's now. a huge stack. REM. Am I allowed to say that I love that they're involved with Jimmy Kimmel angry tweets? Yeah, sure. Yeah. You can so say well. anything. Rolling Stones. I don't think it gets much better than Beast of Burden. Yeah. Uh,. Let's go through. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah, you picked the you picked the R category. They're all alphabetized. So, all right. Oh, now we're into S. Sabbath. Queen. Queen. 
Pixies, eh? Oh, all right. Oh, Tom Petty. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Let's see what's on this. Wow, yeah, Tom Petty. It's hard to beat that, huh? Well, unfortunately, Tom Petty did get beat recently. Uh, he died, and then a week later, like, Gord Downey died, and then yeah. it was like, well, screw you, Tom Petty. Yeah, man. I know, right? Uh, it's just losing so many people, eh? It's shocking, and it's hard not to when you're talking to uh, fellow musicians or musicians um, talk about the sheer rate of which icons have been passing away. Oh, 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 we, we're going to have a bromance soon. Are we? Yeah. Well, look at that up there. Oh, there you go. Signed Oasis S- Signed by Liam Gallagher. Yeah. Eh? And then over there, Oasis Wonderwall is a poster, a tour poster, or a poster for when they released Wonderwall as a single on hey, the man. 30th of October, 1995. That stays away, actually, the anniversary. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. So Jasper just picked uh, the reissue version of What's the Story, Morning Glory. Yeah, this is probably one of the most important albums in my entire life. I can't... Um, We've been talking about Liam Gallagher a lot on the podcast I lately. swear, and I'm not making this up right now, but if I ever have a son, his name is going to be Liam. Really? And uh, Yeah. So people ask, who you, who would you name, who you're naming your son after? And I would say Liam Gallagher from Oasis. Yeah. His first word is going to be the F word. I know. Or, or he's coming out, he's going to be fucking fuck, fuck. Or the yeah. C word. Yeah, or something. Yeah, right? yeah. Or bollocks. Okay. You know what I love about Liam Gallagher? <laughs> Do you follow him on Twitter? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He follows zero people. Yeah. Okay. Which is just incredible. Yeah. He's got all these followers and he ends every tweet with as you were. And I just, I love that. Everything is like LG. Uh, and there was one, he was, somebody tweeted him saying, is your band going to cover Oasis songs? And his res- he, he responded. He's like, I don't fucking cover Oasis songs. I am Oasis. I own those fuckers. I'm the voice. Yeah. As you were. Yeah. Right. It's just <laughs> incredible. Every time. Yeah. He's uh, following his brother around and trolling him on Twitter. Yeah, too. I know. Right? I love it. Um, so I'll tell you my favorite song on this album. Uh, I am a huge fan of Some Might Say. Yeah. Uh, I've loved that song ever since I, I can remember. The sink is full of fishes. She's got dirty, dirty dishes, dishes on, on the brain. brain. Right? Just yeah. amazing melodies uh, from start to finish. And, you know, Noel's obviously a huge part of it as well. I just like the name Liam more than I like the name Noel. Well, I like Liam's. I like the cut of his jib. Yeah. Right? I mean, I mean, everyone knew and knows that Noel was the songwriter and is a very talented songwriter, but there's something about Liam's voice and his swagger, right? It's all about the swagger, man. Have you ever seen somebody reach out to a microphone the way that he does, his hands behind his back, just almost as if he's singing upwards into the air with oh, the mic coming down? Yeah. It's peculiar, yeah, his it stance yeah. really is yeah. what it is. And, and you know, people talk about the live show, and if you look at it with the volume off, or even if you watch it like on a DVD or something, you're like, I don't get what the live show's about. He just stands there and, you know, sometimes he takes a tambourine and wears it like a hat. But, I know, right? Yeah. But but otherwise, that, that's really all he does. But there's something about it. Yeah. Like visually, you're like, he's not jumping off speakers like Eddie Van Halen in yeah. 1982. Mm-hmm. He's not going cuckoo, but there's just a presence. A presence, for yeah. sure. Love it. Yeah. Well, we're bros now. Okay, that's, official. that's great. Yeah, it's that's official. awesome. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of my favorite musical moments are from Oasis songs as well. So you've got that just 
incredible guitar moment in Champagne Supernova. Yeah. That lick that that became it was just everywhere. It was stuck in everybody's head. The right and all of that stuff. And I I think that album definitely shaped me as a guitarist, as a singer, as of all that stuff. Yeah, you know everything. I, it's hard to put into words. And if you look at the guitar playing, I, well, there's nothing really overly musically complex about Oasis, but I think that no, that... and the mixing of a lot of their songs is is awful. Yeah, shit, right? And they've admitted it. They they've, oh, they've the said we were so was... high on coke and yeah. you know everything that are sonically we couldn't hear things properly, and so everything comes out in extremely trebly even for you know i know britain a lot of the music that comes out of there is pretty trebly to, to begin, begin with, with. Yeah. but the oasis albums were just another level you know yeah, yeah. well and i think that liam's voice sounded better with that mix too though i think in I a think way so too uh yeah. and it created the the ambiance that they were looking for for or i don't know if they were looking for it but whatever made it they found it it, it, it worked right yeah and it just goes to show how great songs are if the mix is pretty bad that people still fall in love with it. And the third uh, Oasis record, they recently reissued and Noel actually had, they said like, have you ever tried to remix it? And he's even admitted, yeah, I went back and I tried, I did a thousand, it drove me crazy. I tried to remix it a thousand times. And he's like, he said the, the conclusion I came to, cause there's a bunch of alternate takes and different mixes that, and for sure, Noel's rethink of one of the yep. songs. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, but he said, I came to the conclusion that it was futile to try and remix it because that album is meant to be listened to uh, at three in the morning with a 24 of beer and a bag of Charlie. <laughs> and there's, that's the only time that that record will make sense. What, what a man. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah like, God. Yeah, this is who our intended audience is. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah, we know who we are. Um, and not to watch this segue right here, but for our our new album, um, Mark McAway, guitarist from Moist, was uh, our producer. Just a, a phenomenal musician. I'm not gonna say guitarist because just all around musician. Yeah, it's just amazing. And he really pushed us to do stuff like that to to leave in some of the you know, inconsistencies or some of those slight uh, fumbles and stuff like that. And when we started this album, we recorded everything live off the floor at phase one uh, with him there. And so the entire band was there and it felt pretty good because we just had that sort of huddle like, you know, a month or two earlier and to start the album together as a band and to record all together as, you know, one when we started it was a pretty symbolic way for how we wanted to move forward. But I was also singing at the time. Uh, in an isolated room playing guitar. You know, we were tracking the drums primarily, but everything else was getting recorded, right? And as I'm singing in one of the songs, We Are One, I screwed something up or I saw like Laura fall down out uh, in the live room or something like that. And I started to, to giggle a little bit while I was uh, singing. And then I came into the studio one day, maybe a month later. That was the take. And that's the take that Mark's using. He's like, we're keeping your laugh in that section right there because it's a moment. You're never going to be able to repeat it. And we just want it to be there. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think that that's something that got lost, especially in the late 90s, early 2000s in music or rock and roll, is is having a bit of imperfection. There's yeah. nothing wrong with some rough edges and yeah. a little bit of imperfection. 
Um, and that's what made grunge so great. For sure. uh, that's what makes punk rock so great. And I'm not that's saying that why Radiohead has a career. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I'm not saying that every band needs to come out and sound like the Sex Pistols or the Ramones and be completely disastrous, you know, in terms of, of, of the quality. But at the same time, uh, I think that it's one of the most honest genres still, or it should be if it's done right, an honest genre that, uh, doesn't have too much polish on it. So. 100%. And in this day and age, so much is about the live show that, you know, if you're a band with a song on the radio, chances are you rehearse all the time and your live show is good. And if, you know, you're already that tight when you're playing live shows, it means that when you go to record, it's not like you've just written these songs and you're just playing them It now. doesn't need to be next level tight. No. You're already tight. Like things, the parts are all yeah. gonna sound good and and in there. There's no need to you know cut everything up and and you know play with it all until it sounds perfect. Like and you're right. A lot of it was like that in the late '90s and uh, early 2000s. Yeah. Um, and our record is pretty polished just because we practiced the songs for a year or so before we even recorded them. You know, we were playing yeah. them live, so we knew them like the back of our hands. Other than a couple uh, spots where Mark you know, change things up a little bit. So there was really no need to polish things up. Everyone was really, you know, on on point with their parts and stuff like that. So it's like, yeah, leave some of those mistakes in there because it's kind of what makes it sound good. Yeah. Now, Moist, uh, you guys are kind of in with their camp. Like you say, their guitar player has is, is produced your record. What, can, what insight on the status of Moist can you offer? Because uh, I know that they had the reunion and they yeah. did release, I think, a single... Uh, they where, did, yeah. where are they at now? I, I, you know, Mark is always writing stuff and yeah. I know they're all still close. They played Burlington Sound and Music Festival only, you know, whenever that was this Four past summer. Four months ago, yeah. Yeah. So we went to go check them out there, hung out, you know, backstage with Mark and some of the guys there. They're always doing stuff. I wouldn't, uh put it past them to to release something else again i find that their their reunion and their status has been a bit understated i thought that you know like the way big wreck got back together and it was just like big headline news really yeah. uh in canadian music and moist it was kind of a little quieter and i'm i'm assuming maybe that was intentional maybe i think you know they're they've always kind of done a lot of stuff under the radar i've joked around with mark in the studio you know you guys need to get a youtube page and stuff like that and Mark's yeah like, there's uh, such, such little footprint online and he's he his response will be something just a little bit laissez-faire he's like youtube if people want to find our songs you know someone someone's uploaded it somewhere and it's like <laughs> you rock man <laughs> right <great>. I know. <laughs> that's fucking rock and roll <laughs> I know, man. right? that's what it is um and yeah but so we played some of those shows on yeah. uh, the reunion tour and we played the Metropolis in Montreal and great venue. Yeah. Oh, I saw those, the black crows there. They were there awesome. You go. Yeah. yeah. The, I don't know what it is about Montreal, man, but definitely my favorite city right now, uh, as far as shows that we've played because they just get right into it Yeah. and they're they're They embrace you. They love music. We were playing and just the energy was palpable. Like everything was just, pumping at you on stage it was just one of the most amazing experiences we've had it was also our biggest show at that point and we sold a ton of merch so nice. just we were on a high the entire you know the entire night shout out to montreal in my coma loves you yes yes uh, we definitely do i it's then funny. we went back and played to about 12 people oh no <laughs> <laughs> they don't love you enough for repeat but business those 12 people were fucking stellar yeah, yeah that's good yeah when i grew up uh, i grew up in ottawa 
Um, and Ottawa is a comparably large city, much yep. like Montreal. Um, but when we would want to go see a concert, Pearl Jam's coming through town or whatever, uh, we would immediately buy tickets to the Montreal show. We would go see them at the Forum in Montreal, Pearl Jam. Interesting. Over seeing them in Ottawa at, I guess, would have been the Corral Center or the Civic Center in Ottawa. Um, because we thought that it was just a better show. We really? thought the crowd was better. It was, yeah. uh, it was more fun seeing a band in Montreal. And now maybe it's because we're 16, 17, and it's a road trip, and, you know, yeah. Buddy just barely has... You can get has, beer at 18, yeah, right? Yeah, you can get beer at 18, yeah. and Buddy barely just has his G2 yeah. permit to drive without an adult in the car, whatever it <laughs> yeah. was, you know? Um, but uh, we always said that the crowds were better in Montreal. We would prefer to see a concert in Montreal over Ottawa. And years later, uh, funny enough, I saw Pearl Jam in Ottawa. Um, and I remember seeing it and thinking, man, they did three encores. Neil Young came out in the last encore. And the crowd, like, barely had a heartbeat. Really? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. Pearl Jam just put on the performance of a lifetime. And you guys are barely on your feet. It's weird. So um, I've talked to a lot of people, you know, a lot of touring musicians and things like that. And they always say the same thing about uh, Toronto, Ottawa and things like that. That it's not that people don't like the music. They love the music. They're just understated about it with their mm. expressions and their movements and things like that. And, you know, he was obviously exaggerating when he was telling me this, but he was saying, you know, they played Montreal and people are jumping up and down. They're like, you guys are fucking awesome. Whereas, you know, people in Ontario are you know they're standing there enjoying it and they're watching you and they're enjoying the show but they're not jumping around they're kind of more like hey, you guys are fucking awesome thanks for i'm enjoying this right <laughs> more of a canadian greeting yeah, right yeah. 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 yeah which is interesting you know you so, boys are fucking awesome man. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and they get out and ride their snowmobile home or whatever yeah. it is um no but we've had great shows everywhere you know i don't want to ostracize any of our audience in Ontario, oh no no but uh yeah, there was something about Montreal. And, you know, Mike and I were losers that night, too. We went out with our, like, moist backstage passes oh, yeah. on our pants. And we were like, let's yeah. go get poutine or something. And let's keep wearing these. Let's we're go so get poutine. Cool. You yeah. mean, like, let's go to Club Super Sex. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> oh, wait. No, wait. Not if your missus is in not the band. A, No. Whoa. Easy does it there, yeah. buddy. Yeah. yeah. She's there. She's watching like a hawk. Yeah. She yeah. always passes out early, though. So then Mike and I have the run of the town. Right. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jasper from In My Coma is here on the Green Room Podcast. Performance coming up in a few moments. Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll get the we'll get the Git box out. Cool. We'll let him warm up. We'll take a break and we'll be back. Sounds good. Try to get away from me While you're in captivity Take a ride on the sea I'm never letting you leave 
crashing down over me I'm never letting you breathe Yeah You can tell me I'm an angel While I'm burning you down You can tell me I don't swim enough But I'd rather drown, yeah I know you'll never need to find another place All of the memories are burned upon your face I know you'll never try to get away from me While you're in captivity Take a ride on the sea I'm never letting you leave Crashing down over me I'm never letting you breathe Yeah, take a ride on the sea
tend to give you grief when you're awake And act as though we get along And I point a finger at your face and walk away Until your mind is all begun Yeah, I'm alive Yeah It's too late for me Cause what I need's in the next life It's too late for you I'll see you soon in the next life never gonna be enough for me cause all I need's in the next life it's never gonna be enough for you and I'll see you through to the next life da 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 This was another edition of The Green Room, podcast imaging written and produced by Quarter Inch Creative Services. Hear more at greenroompod.com. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.